people so um, <laughs> welcome to cranked and ranked um cranked and ranked is this podcast that you're listening to in case you don't know anything about this podcast this is a podcast where me steven aka old head and my friend eddie sparks we rank rock and metal related things band discographies or as in the case of today's episodes or episode i pluralize <laughs> something that i didn't even need to um we're going to be doing our top albums of a particular year and uh so uh before we get into it let's do all our introductions i already said who i am and i already said hello hello mr eddie sparks hey how's it going great man that was that was like that was like the awkward kid that like comes to school and he's like hi how are you (laughs) (laughs) that was all that was always me i was always awkward (laughs) If, it, if it, when I was when I was growing up, if there was any opportunity that I had to speak, my voice was cracking every time, no matter oh, what. <laughs> I still get that now. I would I would have hoped I would have hoped puberty would have ended by twenty three, but every now and again, I'll still get, and it's usually around women too, which is frustrating because it, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh hi, how was your day? Oh hi, oh fuck, now, now I need to. I'm gonna turtle myself under my shirt. Uh. <laughs> oh man um so yeah we're here today uh today we're going to be ranking so remember everyone out there we're not talking about the top albums of a year we're talking about our top albums of the year so our favorite albums and this time we're talking about the year 1988 and because of me this is going to be a top 10 Instead of a top, yeah, because of, well, I mean, we were looking at the albums that came out in 1988 and I, I messaged Eddie and I'm like, dude, this has to be a top 10 because I can't leave out this many albums. There's so many good albums in 1988. There's too fucking many. So we decided, yeah, (laughs) it's it's pretty unfair. I don't know why they had to do that to us, but (laughs) we, so we decided we usually do a top five a piece, but we're going to do a top 10 a piece. So this is going to be a. A giant-sized edition, as they used to say in the big old comic books. It would say, giant-sized edition. And that's what you're getting. You're getting a a huge edition of uh, Cranked and Ranked with our top 10 favorite albums of 1988. And we'll also have some honorable mentions at the end because there was was so much that... I mean, literally, with my 15, my top 10 and my 5, I'm leaving out some really big albums. So... If that says anything about 1988, it's fucking weird. But um, yeah, so let's go ahead and and just jump right into it. So in in 1988, I was 10 years old. In 1988, you were negative 20. Negative uh, negative 10. (laughs) (laughs) I just made you a lot younger. You were negative 10. That's the exact halfway mark between our births. Yeah, that's right. So this This is is cool. and I hadn't, I wouldn't know if anyone came to me in 1988 as a 10 year old kid and said like, Hey, one day you're going to be talking to a dude 20 <laughs> years younger than you over in the UK on something called the internet. <laughs> I'd have been like, get the fuck out of here. I wouldn't have said that. I would have been like, that's really cool, mister. <laughs> something like that. 
anyway, so yeah, 88 <laughs> was a big year for me because 88 was was probably the year that I would say I started really getting into actual heavier music because prior to 88, the rock I listened to was Van Halen, Bon Jovi, um, uh, Cinderella, which Cinderella, first Cinderella album is pretty heavy, but um, 88 is when I can remember truly starting to see heavier stuff and going, oh, yeah. I'm kind of into some of this. Um, so yeah, so let's just go ahead and jump right into it since we're doing 10 albums a piece and, and some extra ones. Um, get, get ready folks, grab a drink, grab, get, get, get your Snuggie on or something, get comfortable. Um, does anybody <laughs> have Snuggies anymore? I've never had a Snuggie, but they look really comfortable. Yeah. Do, are, are onesies still a big thing as well? Because Isn't that like, the same thing? A Snuggie is a onesie, right? Nah, a, sn- a Snuggie is like a blanket with sleeves. Oh. Uh, the, the onesie, I mean, I suppose, I don't know. Ah, Christ! It, the time—the time is flying by these days. I—I I oh. can't keep up with trends anymore. <laughs> All that—that that just made, you said onesie, and it just made me think of like those those um, like was it like thermals that people would wear back in the day, where there was a little pocket in the back for you to poop e- through. E- e- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually have one of um, Spyro the Dragon, and it is in the top of my um, cupboard, my wardrobe, right over there. And it, um, did you have? Did you ever use the back flap properly? Like, did you decide I'm gonna go poop? I'm gonna take this flap down and not take the rest of my clothes off. I'm way too OCD to even begin to think about pooping with clothes on. I'm a I'm a naked pooper. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Do you also shower right after you're done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it. Um, oh yeah. yeah, we're talking about music in this podcast. Um, <laughs> if, if you are new, we do go off on tangents at times, but let's try to keep it. Let's we'll try to keep it reined in a little bit for this one. I'm, no, I'm yeah. making no promises though. So let's go ahead and start off. Usually, I let Eddie go first. So let's go. Your number ten album of 1988. Okay, so it's funny that you opened it with this is a mainly rock and metal podcast. I'm gonna come. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm g- I'm gonna come straight out and say straight out of Compton. Oh wow! Yeah, this is this, See, okay, this is cool because you know I'm gonna mention some hip hop albums in this episode. Uh, and we don't mention it often, but this is one of those albums that I left out and I'm like, oh, that it hurts to leave this one out. But I had to straight out of Compton <laughs> from NWA. Let's do it. I mean, all you got to do is look at the tracks track list. And it is like, I mean, that group is like a who's who. Yeah. Of, of big names, you know, and I had to include some gangster rap on this one. I've, I had to go for this classic. I mean, the track list on this fucker, the title track, fuck the police, gangster, gangster. Like, that's only the first three songs, and it's already just banger central. Um, And it's definitely one of my go-to records when I'm in a hip-hop mood. It's just just badass from start to finish. Um, My personal favorite on the record, um, whenever Easy e is is on the mic i am 100 percent on board because like i know he wasn't like the guy that was you know writing the stuff but he had he had such a really unique cool delivery which yeah well he was he was the legit gangster guy yeah like that's that's why like so he had a little bit of 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 uh experience in his voice i guess he would say yeah yeah for sure i just you know, if, if I love as well 
that there's samples that pop up all the time that would appear in hip hop, you know, 30 years down the line, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, it really is a how to make gangster rap album, you know? Yeah, I mean, at this, um, I mean, at that point, I think the only other person who was well known who was doing that kind of thing was Ice T. Um, yeah, and that was that was really it on like a on like a high a high level where a lot of people knew about it. For sure. Yeah, um, I just really really love this album, and when it comes to hip hop, this is one of one of my top ones that I go for. Yeah, so yeah, that is, uh, and honestly, I was going to say on a podcast like this when we talk about rock and metal, I think albums like straight out of Compton, there's a, there's an aggression and an urgency to it that makes it like you, I, you understand why people who are also into metal and rock would like this album and, 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 you know, many other hip hop albums. Cause that's why that's, that's the thing that connects me with it is the, the energy and the, the, yeah. the sheer like balls behind all of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, especially this album. It certainly has, uh, you know, that badass, aggressive, you know, you can't bring me down vibe, you know? Yep, absolutely. And and that's like, there's a common thread with, you know, metal and, you know, hip hop in that there's an aggressive edge to it. And I think that's, that's what makes, I think that's what gives it that crossover appeal, even though some people are closed minded and won't accept it. You know? Well, I I, th- I feel like the from my experience when I was younger, and I and I, I might be wrong because I didn't hang out with like a lot of like different kinds of people, but I feel like especially when you're coming from the area of fuck the police, the <laughs> the the African American experience with the police, I'm not comparing the two, but when you were a metalhead with long hair and wore metal T-shirts, the police also fucked with you. Yeah. Um, and so like I felt a connection there and I'm all like, yeah, why are these these cops such assholes all the fucking time? And I realized comparatively speaking, they were being very easy on us, you know, but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, why do they why does this shit happen? And so, yeah, that that's always been a connection with me in that because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I I got treated unfairly, too. Like, you know, but there's but to be fair, like, you know, my my unfair treating is. <laughs> is miles below it's you know it was it was a minor inconvenience it's something that you know you you can you can relate to regardless of the severity of it because discrimination of any kind is is fucked up you know and and really at the end of the day i think it's just down to the fact that you you can empathize with it and just be like yeah you know what being discriminated against is fucked up whether you know whether it's for who you like to sleep with who you like what color your skin is where you're from what music you like to listen to you know Mm -hmm. if if someone's giving you a hard time about you know something that defines you it's discrimination it's fucked yeah yeah and I, and I think that it's a, it's always important to 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 point out that I, I that my connection with hip hop and metal are both that they they feel like a release of aggression. Yeah, and um, that's why I love them both so much. But that's an excellent number ten. Are you done? You done talking about that one? I'm I'm done with straight out of Compton. All right. So it's funny that you you, you did make a comment 
that is related to this band but isn't on this particular album. So oh. my my top ten has been changing a lot. This has been really rough. It's yeah. been things have been <laughs> moving around, and I just I'm I'm still not happy with it. But I have to I have to stop now because we're actually recording this episode. But for my number <laughs> ten, I decided to go with "How Will I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't <sighs> Even Smile Today" by Suicidal Tendencies. It's so funny because I had to leave this one off and <laughs> and I felt really bad about it too. So I feel like we're covering each other's fuck yeah. ups here. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that I it also feels weird putting this one at number 10, but man, it's I had to go back and listen to the albums that I thought would be my top 10 and then I ordered them just depending on how I felt. And uh but this one is it's fucking classic. Like this is suicidal tendencies in my opinion becoming the suicidal tendencies that everybody kind of knows. Um yeah. as much as I love their debut album and and join the army's great too. But this is the one where, you know, Mike Clark comes on board um and and it just gets thrashier. And I think yeah. that's that's this is like the 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 first one which is fully in the crossover thrash area and it's just got all sorts of classic songs on it. I mean, Trip at the Brain is on here, Pledge Your Allegiance, How Will I Laugh Tomorrow, uh, Surf and Slam, which is a fucking great uh, sort of instrumental song. Yeah. But it's just, I love the vibe of this album. It's also one of my favorite album covers of all time, just because oh. the dudes look look tough as fuck. When I was a kid and I saw this <laughs> album cover, I'm all like, I don't even want to listen to this band because they're probably going to be a bad influence on me <laughs> just just by listening to it. <laughs> but eventually I got into them and and this album is just one that's really stuck with me. There's a lot of like thrash metal that you could make comparisons to other stuff and say it's the quality is not amazing, but for some reason there are some albums that they bring a vibe along with them. Yeah. That just makes me feel so good. And 80s, late 80s thrash, there's a few bands that have those albums that the sound and, and the feeling is all there where I just go, this is, yeah, this is the heyday of this, of this shit. Yeah. And, um, and I, yeah, so, so this one had to be on here. Um, but unfortunately it had to be, uh, number 10. So let's, let's move on to your number nine. Cool. So my number nine is ultra mega. Okay. Okay, Ultra Mega. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) some Soundgarden in this one. This is another one that I left off. I don't want to give anything away. I'm going to stop saying that I left stuff off. (laughs) So this Soundgarden album is really weird, and I love it because of that. You know, there's so there's so many different vibes in every song, yet it feels cohesive with a distinctly sardonic edge to it. You know, early Soundgarden has this, you know, fuck you talent vibe where you never quite know when they're being dead serious or taking the piss out of the listener. So, you know, you got the spooky satanic metal interludes with, you know, 665 and 667 next to Beyond the Wheel, which is a real heavy, doomy one. Um and the quote-unquote Beatles cover at the end, which is one minute of silence, <laughs> you know. And they're fun little sarcastic digs in between some, like, really cool moments such as, you know, Flower, Beyond the Wheel, Head Injury, like, and the, the riffs on here, you mm-hmm. know. It, again, it's it's kind of like that early grunge thing of Black Sabbath and Black Flag in the same room 
yeah. playing together, you know, with the punk edge to it, but like the doomy kind of approach. Yeah. But yeah. If anyone's interested and, and you haven't listened to it yet, we did a Soundgarden album ranking episode and we went really in depth in, in all their albums. If, if you're interested in that and that this one yeah. obvious, obviously was talked about because it's the beginning of it all really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cool album. I feel like, um, people don't give it enough credit. It's, it's one of those that's, I don't know what it is. I've always felt like early Soundgarden gets kind of written off because it's, it's not bad motor finger or super unknown, but yeah. like the thing is the ultra mega. Okay. Loud love and, you know, screaming life fop. That's all still really strong stuff. You know, there's yeah. a lot of bands out there w- that would, you know, kill to make this, you know? Yeah. And, I think, um, I think that it just depends on, on where you came into Soundgarden because I, I could see people that got into them, on super unknown they would prefer those albums because it's they did they did they did progress into being more melodic and i guess progressive in a way yeah Um, more more quote-unquote alternative but um they always sounded like soundgarden to me like i could i can take things from ultra mega okay and down on the upside and put them next to each other and be like yeah i can totally hear the the similarities there but yeah this is this is a it's a killer debut album yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, that is my that's my number 9. Okay. So, moving on to another one that this is this is probably one that a lot of people probably have this up a lot higher in their top 10 of 1988 and having it here at number 9, I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> you kind of Some, scared. <laughs> somebody's going somebody's going to be mad at me, but um it, but it made it to the top 10. My number 9 is Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by Iron Maiden. Nice. And um I it's a fucking great album. It's weird it really that is. I've noticed that a lot of people don't care how you feel about an album. They care where it's ranked. So I did an Iron Maiden <laughs> album ranking video. And I talked yeah. about how much I loved Seventh Son, but because I put No Prayer for the Dying above it, everyone's like, <laughs> I can't even fucking take it seriously. And I'm just like yeah. <laughs> I, why can't I like both albums and I like one more than the other? It's just yeah. ridiculous. But my 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 reasoning for that <laughs> ranking and for why it's here at number nine is pretty much the same because I feel like Iron Maiden, in my opinion, kept making steps forward that were really cool. And this one was a step forward, but I think songwriting-wise... Uh, to me, it's not as good as Somewhere in Time. Yeah. And and so because of that, I go, well, so this is not an album I go to a lot because I like it, but it doesn't grab me the same way that all of their previous albums did. Um, but it's still, but that's like comparing, that's like somebody saying, do you want a million dollars or would you like a million and ten dollars? And it's just like, I don't know, either way, I'm getting a million dollars. One is ten dollars more. And so I feel like this is like, you know, $10 less than the other million <laughs> that you get <laughs> with the uh, other Iron Maiden albums because this is a stone cold fucking classic and it's got really I, I would say that the most m- memorable cuz I always t- I always bring in like my quote my life quote unquote into how I feel about certain things and 
Can I Play With Madness will always be a memory to me because my daughter really liked that song when she was very young, but she would call it, she would call it, Can I Play With Magnets? Uh, And so every time I hear that song, I can't hear it without it being, Can I Play With Magnets? Like every (laughs) single time. And I know that she probably heard it that way and went, yeah, that would be cool to play with magnets. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Um, But yeah, this has got so much cool shit in it and and on it as well. Um, But for some reason, it's, yeah, it just, it's not as strong in, to me personally, as these other eight albums that we'll be talking about. I I have to say something too. Every time I bring up this album, I have to bring up, um, I always, I, I I love Iron Maiden, but my biggest gripe about Iron Maiden is that they they occasionally play their songs too fast. I don't know if they really do it anymore, but I I love the, the tempo and groove of the song seventh son of a seventh son on the album is perfect. Yeah. It, so the bounce of the seventh son of a seventh son, like it's perfect. But then they play yeah. it live and it's all like, seventh son of a seventh son, seventh son of a seventh son. And I'm just like, why yeah. do they have to play it that? It's like <laughs> you're literally losing the cool mood of the song yeah. when you play it so fast. I don't know if that's Nico's uh, fault, but you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things that whenever I hear him play it live, I'm all like, why are they, why do they got to speed it up so much? Are they trying to like cram it in because it's like a really long song? <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, that's just another a little gripe that I that I have because it's just like I'm just like just leave that song out if you're just gonna play it really fast because <laughs> I'll listen to it on the album. Anyway, that was my number nine. Moving on to your number eight. Cool. So my number eight, we're entering the thrash zone, people. I've oh got, yeah, I've got the New Order by Testament. Hell yeah, fucking eight. classic. Yep. Testament's second album, chock full of killer guitar parts. And they really upped the production quality, you know, within a year. Because, you know, the thing thing is, their debut, The Legacy, is mastered really quietly. Or at least Mm -hmm. on the versions I've heard. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've really got to crank it to hear everything that's, that's going on. Whereas this one, everything's beefier. Everything's up a little bit more. Everything's a little bit clearer and it just, it really does their sound justice because, yeah, you know, the riffs are crushing while retaining some serious speed without the guitar sound. tone. The guitar tone on this album is fucking great. Yeah. Like it fucking chugs. And even though it's like a, an eighties thrash album, there's like a real groove to it when they lay into those riffs. Cause even mm-hmm. the quicker ones, they still have that catchiness to them. Um, like Eerie Inhabitants, The New Order, Trial by Fire, Into the Pit. Like those four songs alone. Hell, if they released the first four songs as an EP, this would be a cl- classic EP. But yeah. fucking hell, they did six more songs of that. You know, and it's just... It, even the even the Aerosmith cover of, um, you know, Nobody's Fault. It's yeah. all just really heavy... Um, melodic yet shreddy stuff because there's a lot of cool clean guitar parts on here too um honestly could be a it's a definite contender for a top 10 of my thrash records ever yeah um you know but you know they definitely made up for coming late 
to the thrash thing a little bit with their album releases when they released fucking four stellar thrash albums in a row year yeah. after year. But that not only that, their output in, in general has been amazingly strong. That's why I like when people yeah. say, if we were going to put, you know, make the big four into a big five, you have to put Exodus because they were around back in the day. I'm like, no, Exodus is Testament. a great band. The yeah. fucking, like, I don't care when Testament came out. Like they yeah. eclipsed so many other bands, and 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 continue to do so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so yeah, that's they're 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 number five. Actually, since 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 Slayer broke up, let's just move Testament into the fourth spot. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> the space is there. Someone occupy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the album rules. It's a must-have, and Alex Skolnick is a beast. Woo! But yeah. Um, all in all, excellent thrash album, New Order by Testament. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then I'm and, and, and guess what? We just met up right here on number eight, because my number eight is the New Order by Testament. No fucking way. Yeah. So nice. we, we matched up. We did do a matchy here. Um I I agree with everything you said. Uh my and this once again, I also did a testament album ranking video which people also got mad at because the gathering wasn't high enough, but I'm just like, come on, people, <laughs> come on. Um, Settle but, down. <laughs> uh, but my, uh, my reasoning for this one not being like one, of, like I, I, don't, I don't remember what number this one was at in my ranking, but it wasn't one of the top two. And that's because there's, there's a little bit of filler on here. It, now, when I say filler, I just mean like there's little instrumental um, interludes and there's an Aerosmith song. So you pare it down where it's just, it's, it's, it's the actual song, you know, it's, it's a pretty short album with, yeah. even with those things. But the strength of the shit on this album is insane. Yeah. Like you, it, if any, any argument t- towards or, or against Testament, I'm, I'm just going to meet it with Disciples of the Watch. Just, yeah. Just listen to that one. <laughs> it's like, and then and that's that's even later on on the album. But there's like you already went went through it. There's so many great tracks on here, and the 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 debut album from Testament is also very strong. But like you are right, they upped their game, and this is an album that they themselves would claim is a rushed album, which is hmm. which is one of those things where like I hate when people their opinions are based on things like that. They go, Oh, that album was clearly rushed. I'm all like a lot of great albums were rushed. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand that being an argument. Um, but that is, that is usually, uh, somebody's go to statement when they don't really know what they're talking about. So, um, anyway, you can't tell that this is rushed. This album's fucking great. And I don't have really anything to add from what you added. It's, it's amazing. Um, so it had to go here at number eight. It's, it, it's, it also feels weird. Like this was an album that was, I would go, this is clearly in my top 10. And then it went to number eight and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. So I, I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited to see where this goes. So let's, let's move on to number seven. Cool. So my number seven pick is No Rest for the Wicked, Ozzy Osbourne. Wow. That yep. is one I didn't expect, but that is, that's some nice, it's that's some nice, it's whatever the words I'm saying. It's nice that this <laughs> album is going to get some love. Yeah. This one is, is mad underrated. You know, it, it seems to be the forgotten one, uh, with regards to, cause people always talk about, um, Blizzard of Oz and Diary 
you know. They occasionally mention Bark at the Moon. Usually, like, they usually, like, jump on the bandwagon of Ultimate Sin is hair metal and it's not fucking cool to like it. But, like, also, like people... Album. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> but, pe but people also completely forget about this one and just talk about No More Tears when it comes to the Zack Wilde era yeah. when he came on board. Seriously, do yourself a favor if you haven't heard it, because, my God, there is, like, every chorus on here is memorable as fuck. Yeah, this is the first Aussie album with Zack Wilde. Um, it's equal parts cheesy 80s and pure badassery. Because, like, the riffs are really heavy, but the approach is still pretty, you know, 80s and, and that 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 might, that might be why it gets a little bit overlooked, because I think with, with No More Tears, Ozzy kind of, uh, he kind of reined in his, his lyric writing. Yeah. And, and it was a little more serious and straightforward, whereas this one, you got, like, crazy babies on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's still Which, got... It, yeah, it's still got the hair metal in its veins. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, like, all the songs on here have catchy earworm qualities, and I'm all about the prominent bass in the mix, especially considering it's a it's an 80s album. Yeah. You you listen to Breaking All the Rules, the bass is way up. Like, that song that's, rules. That song yeah. is, like, one of my favorite Aussie songs. Yeah, same. I remember the first time I heard it... Um, the bass is so loud in that song. It was rumbling my um, yeah. my grandparents' TV. I was watching it on there. And I was like, whoa, this is heavy. Um, you know, it's... You got Miracle Man, Devil's Daughter, Holy War, uh, Crazy Babies. <laughs> um, you know what? You know, I'm just lifting, listing off the whole track list at this point. This record is underrated as hell and mm -hmm. deserves a lot more attention because it's, it's quality. It's quality stuff. Yeah. Yep. And it's and it's and it's Zach Wild before he got, as I learned from you on our Q and A, is before he got obsessed with pinch harmonics. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like now he just does it all the fucking time. Yeah, and, and, and I don't really know if there's any pinch harmonics on this album. There might be some, but it's. It I doesn't, think that there's no noticeable parts. From memory, I think they're just used for the occasional, you know, inflection. They're not like yeah. every other riff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know what? We got we got to love him, considering that I'm the I'm the low rent Zach Wild apparently <laughs> to <laughs> to some some commenter on one of my old videos. Anyway, uh, all right. So, so we're not going to meet up here with uh, with that album for my number. Okay. Are we at number seven now? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so for my number seven, this is an oh guy. This is another one that I look at and I go, "This is at seven? How is this not higher?" <laughs> But it's, uh, god damn it, it's here. Uh, my number seven is Operation Mindcrime by wow. Queensryche. And this is a beast of a fucking album. And I don't know. This is this is an album I feel almost speaks for itself. Like you just say Operation Mindcrime and you leave. And then the album just, yeah. the, it, it, it's, it's uh, you don't need to say anything else about this album. It's just so many good tracks all the way through. The album never, ever, ever lets up. And to be completely honest with you, I don't give two shits about the story on the album. <laughs> Every time there's a concept album, I'm always just like, I don't give a fuck what the concept is. Are the songs any good? <laughs> and so, 
And that's the thing about Operation Mindcrime is that there's no bad moment on this album. It's just every, like, even like some of the songs that weren't like the the music video hits or whatever, they come on and there's, there's memorable parts in every single song. And I, 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 I gotta say it just because we're talking about them. I don't want to hear Queensryche without Jeff Tate. I don't care. But at the same time, I don't want to hear Jeff Tate without Queensryche. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stuck here alone. But this is like the band. Where, to me, this was the strongest they ever were. Now, I love Empire, the album that came after this. But this yeah. is like, I feel like this is like them, the most perfect they ever got an album was this one. And it's following, what was it, Rage for Order, this before this one, which is also ridiculously good. Yeah. So and and uh, so yeah, this is one where it, it just always pops up. This is like a this is a a shoe in for nineteen eighty eight discussions for albums. It's it's I don't even want to talk to you if if, well, if this if this is not in your top ten. I'm, if it's not in your top ten, Eddie, this is the last episode of this podcast we ever do. If it, if, it, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, it is in my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so damn good. And like, like just like the big songs, I think the big songs off of here were I Don't Believe in Love and Eyes of a Stranger. Yeah. But those are like, stranger. but so th- here's the good. thing the, the album is so strong. Those two albums are on those two, those two songs are on the second half of the album. And eyes of the, Str- eyes of the stranger is the last song on the album. Yeah. Like there's just so much good shit here. And I love so- when bands do that. When they, when they have the balls to have one of the massive singles close the thing. Like, yeah, that's a bold move. They did and like they, they cuz they I know I know that this is one of those cases when they finished this album they probably walked out of the studio like we're, we're the fucking best band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure and I would not fault them for that. I'd be like you yeah. should feel that way after making this fucking album. Um <laughs> which is why it's weird that it's here at number 7, but personally speaking, the next albums we'll talk about have or have more weight with me personally. But this is a motherfucker an album my number seven operation mind crime cool so my number six uh-huh i'm just gonna come right out and say it best lead guitar tone of all time goes to out of this world by europe oh shit i totally forgot this album came out in 1988 yep yep uh, and every guitar solo on it is pure bliss like key marcello who was the uh uh guitarist who came in after john norham departed uh fucking amazing mm-hmm. uh awesome guitar tone like i can't get over it at how buttery smooth all the legato runs are mm-hmm. on every single solo on this album it's just epic um and I will willingly fight anyone in an Applebee's parking lot if they want to disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I, mean, love- I mean, like, like the, this is one of those, <laughs> like, I know that Europe is not everybody's cup of tea, but I, there's something about like when does is, is superstitious. The first song on the album, is that how the album starts? Yep, that's the just, opener. Just the beginning of the keep on walking that road, road and, I'll and I'll follow. Just like yeah. just the, just the vocals. <laughs> 
I'm always just like, oh, this is tasty right here. And then it's yeah. got Let the Good Times Rock on it, which is literally like the kind of song you would put on before you're going to go out and party. It's baby tonight we will celebrate. I got that's yeah. a, that's a great album. Dude, out of this world. Let me just get the track listing up real quick. Out of this world. Europe album. Yeah. This whole fucking thing. There's actually a video on YouTube sometimes. Uh, where that I visit that literally is just eight minutes long and it's just all of the solos <laughs> on this album <laughs> in one place. Yeah. So I can't be I can't be the only one that thinks like the tone on this is delicious. Um, uh, and also I'm willing to raise my hand and say this is one of those times that I'm not mad that they re-recorded a song because this version of Open Your Heart is amazing. And I know they did it on Stormwind, I think it is. I think it's called. That's the second album. I don't know if album. I've even heard the original version of that song. Yep. Well, you don't need to because this one's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, like Sign of the Times, the, oh, I just can't get over it. It's, it's a very lead guitar and vocal melody album. Yeah. There is, oh, I think it's in Lights and Shadows where there's a kick-ass keyboard solo in there as well, but... Like, good God, if you just want some catchy, poodle-permed 80s hard rock with <laughs> amazing musicians playing it, then then this is the album, man. Out what's of this the, world. Uh, what's the vocalist's name? Joey Tempest. He does these little things in some of the songs that I love where he inserts, like, yes, but they're always yeah. really <laughs> understood. He'll go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I was just like, "That's like the 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 opposite of James Hetfield." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> James Hetfield's jazz are really big and mighty, and his are always just kind of like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it, Europe are it, the problem is the problem I have is that people always say, "Oh, everybody's sick of the final countdown," and don't listen to the final countdown. They've got like hundreds of other or maybe I, hundreds, but. A bunch I of other great songs. How can you be tired of the final countdown? Like that's yeah. like that's just fucking great. Plus that plus that album rules and to also, but I mean yeah. yeah, this is a good this is another good this isn't isn't on my list. I'm glad that it's here because I it was one that like I for some reason didn't even connect with me it was in eighty eight. And I'm like, oh it was in eighty eight, but <laughs> it wouldn't have been in my top ten, but it may have been in my honorables, but it's it's a good album. I'm loving how diverse we are so far. We got some, we got some gangster rap, some thrash, some grunge, some glam. Yep. Like hell yeah. Let's well, let's keep let's keep this train of rolling. If we're moving on, we're we're at six, right? Yep. If we're moving on to six, for me, we're moving right back into thrash metal territory with a motherfucker of an album. Uh, my number six is Forbidden Evil by the band oh, Forbidden. Hell and yeah. And. It is. We did it. We did a forbidden album ranking episode. If you're interested, um, go go check it out. But uh, we talked a lot about how amazing all of their albums are, but especially the first two. This is like yeah. one of my favorite debut thrash albums. Like it's up there with some of the best. And it it's the it's a ripper, dude. Like that is, album man, doesn't let up. It make, yeah, it makes me exhausted sometimes. Mm. Just everybody is is firing on all cylinders all of the time. It and always, also, 
<laughs> so, sorry, I was, I was just gonna, I was just gonna chime in. You've only got to listen to Off the Edge, like, yeah. to, to wear yourself out, like in a good way, but like, yeah. good God, yeah. That, but there's, but that's a good example because there's all these. I think we talked about it. I don't remember what what band we were talking about, but I talked about how when you're a metal fan, there are things that may seem silly to other people, but in the metal world, they are badass as fuck. Yeah, and there's so <laughs> many of those on yeah. this album, and 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 uh, and off the edge is is that just the fucking the I'm near the like it's just and his delivery like russ's delivery russ anderson's the vocalist but he he's one of my favorite metal vocalists yeah because i i love a guy that has a really high range has a unique voice but also sounds really aggressive at the same time yeah like that's that's just fucking perfect for me because i don't i don't want my vocalists to just be like raw 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 and i don't want them to be all the fucking time i want i need them in the middle yeah and all of my favorite metal vocalists are kind of in this middle area and he's awesome this album's awesome if you i I realize it's 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 lesser known like if you're not a thrash metal head if you're just into metal in general you may not know how great this album is but i would i so i suggest looking up forbidden evil um, which, funny enough, was the band's name. They were called Forbidden Evil, and then they changed their name to Forbidden and called their first album Forbidden Evil, mm. which is, isn't that what, like, Testament did that too? Because Testament's first album yeah. is The Legacy, and they were called <laughs> The Legacy. Anyway, you know, it's a little, little thrash metal history for you folks right there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Forbidden Evil is just a, a ripper from beginning to end, and for it sure. had to go here on my list. Um, and so it's my number six. Time for the top five. Top five. Okay. So my number five. I would have been a good DJ. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I would have been the guy that has the fucking sound effects and shit going on in the background (laughs) because that would have just been so much fun. (laughs) 97.1. 97.1 on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my career would have been ruined by Howard Stern because I really would have been the guy that's like, who's rock and roll all night, everybody? Woo! <laughs> and then all of a sudden that wasn't cool anymore. Oh, dude. So my my number five, my number five is South of Heaven by Slayer. Bam. There you go. One One of my favorite Slayer records, I love the focus on the slower tempos on this album. Uh-huh. And I mean, this is my favorite next to Seasons in the Abyss. And the main reason I love this album is that next to Hell Awaits, it's one of the most evil sounding things ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, like the scale choices, the way they the way they write riffs is what draws me to Slayer. It's not the it's not the speed, it's not the solos that are just you know randomly blasted out. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's 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 the riffs for me that draw me to Slayer because no one seems to seems to sound like it, and when they do, it's like clear that it, okay, you're just doing a Slayer thing. They're, funnily enough, they're one of those bands that has an immense like it. They have a really stripped back sound nobody else quite sounds like him. Yeah. Like Slayer sounds like Slayer. Um, 
so yeah, for for me, I I just love all of the slower, chuggier stuff on this one. Such a it's it's a very ballsy move as well after making Rain and Blood, which was you know twenty nine minutes of speed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and we did, and yeah. once again, we did a Slayer album ranking, a two part Slayer album ranking. Um, one of our so, one of our earliest yeah projects. Early, earlier yeah. on so yeah you can go check that out if you want to hear us really talk about this band and this this album is I don't remember where that's the beauty of these things is I don't remember where we ranked some of these and so yeah eventually I'll go back and and listen to them and go what why <laughs> <laughs> or not uh, but yeah South of Heaven South of Heaven next to Seasons in the Abyss for me are like my top two. So that's a, whenever I hear this one, I actually had a yearly tradition on New Year's night where I would time it so that when the clock struck 12 midnight, the whole band would come in on South of Heaven. So, and I was like, fuck yeah. That's pretty sweet. I literally started the fucking year on the part that, you know, they all come in, and I was just so psyched. I remember I would do it every year. But I, lo- uh, I love yeah. how I love how I don't know if it started. It's it, it probably started a few years ago, but I remember people started um, tweeting out how you could time Phil Collins in the air tonight. So when it hits midnight, the drum little drum fill plays. I'm like, that's not a bad way to start your year, really. Well, that that's what I did with. The I don't know if you remember I did a Megadeth sweating bullets. You know when he goes hindsight is always twenty twenty. Oh yeah, I did that on New Year's night coming into twenty twenty, and I recorded it. And that's uh, awesome. I feel like it was an omen though because it felt too good to be true. That's true. Dave 20... fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do do you? I also feel like the uh, South of Heaven gets the same treatment as um no rest for the wicked i really do think that it's not it kind of gets glossed over and i don't think anybody hates it but everyone just kind of goes cool rain and blood and cool uh seasons in the abyss like there's yeah because there's i think that this is one i i do think that there are because it's a little more uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for they 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 rain it in a little bit they rained in blood before and now they're raining it in i think there's (laughs) that's two different rains fuck i don't know i'm not good with english um, no, no, that's 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 the same rains. Yeah, they okay. they didn't even Good. do the same rains in their track listing. They had raining blood. Yeah, raining blood so they're, they're, and rain in blood. That's that's really that's you know that is, would that be a pun? Is that I don't know. I mean, at, at this at this rate, they're they're fucking up worse than we are. <laughs> that's true. Which one's the real one? Like, is it rain in blood or raining blood? But I guess I guess that it doesn't matter. Why are we even talking it's about a- that? That's not 1988. A <laughs> 1988 was South of Heaven, where they spelled everything the same way. Um, are you done with South of Heaven there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move away because and get less aggressive here. Wow. Um, for um we we just talked about an album that i think is one of the best debut albums ever and we're going to follow it up with another that i think is also um one of the best debut albums ever uh, my number 5 is out of the silent planet by king's x nice and i love this album i love this band um it was recorded here where 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 or was it recorded in houston i know they lived in houston at the time 
I'm not really sure if it was recorded here. I'm actually, I just started reading the King's X biography book that came out, um, which once again is like, from now on, if anyone's going to put out a book about a band, I want it to be done where it's just interviews with the band and they're talking about it and you just piece it together in a bio form. I don't want to hear somebody else's opinion as an author on shit. And that, that's the thing that I've learned is that there's a lot of new books that have been coming out that are like that. That one I just yeah. read, uh, Nothing But A Good Time, about all the 80s bands, it's all from their mouths for the most part. And this King's X book is the same way. And so I think that that's the way we got to be going because I just don't... I read like a Metallica biography and like the and so many times the author just takes jabs at Lars and I'm just like, why did you yeah. even write this fucking book, you moron? Anyway, <laughs> so... um. Out of the Silent Planet, the debut album from King's X, and um, it was recorded in Houston, Texas at Rampart Studios. Bam! Nice. Um, and the 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 nerd in me, I haven't gone there yet, but on the very back of the album cover, there's a picture of King's X on a particular street where you see some buildings from the Houston skyline, and my wife found the actual corner and the street. And I'm like, wow. oh, I want to go there and take my picture there. It looks, it looks different now, but yeah. um, I'm all like, that's the kind of nerd I am. Where I'm all like, I just want to go stand where King's X was standing. I and, did uh, a similar thing. I've been trying to find out for for like a few years now the exact spot on the beach in Isla Vista where they filmed the Everything About You video, or the oh, Only Kid Joe one. Yeah, and I think I found it. But because beach has changed so much over time, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. that's my equivalent to that. <laughs> yeah. And but but honestly, this is when I when I made the move to Houston uh, a little over a year ago now. Um, that was one of my big things. Is like, oh, I'm gonna move to the city that's on the King's X album. Like at the front of the album, you see the silhouette of the bottom of Texas, and then you see a little bit of the Houston skyline in the artwork. Yeah. And, um, and I just, anyway, that doesn't, that doesn't, that, and we're not talking about the music here. The music is fucking amazing. And the thing that's great, one of the many things great about King's X is that this was their first of three albums in three years. They put out one in 88, 89, and 90, each one getting better than the one before. Like that's, they did so much good shit all in a row. And this yeah. is just the, so out of the three, this is my least favorite, but this is also one of those albums that's kind of sneaky. Like I think all of their albums have this quality where there's always songs that immediately stand out for whatever reason, for, for, for one of Ty's cool fucking riffs or, or Doug Pinnock's vocals um, or the harmonies or whatever. But then there are always those songs that at, when you first listen to the album, you're kind of like, this song's fine. But then later on, that one comes back at you and you're just like, oh, I didn't even fucking realize how amazing the <laughs> song was. And that was the thing that these dudes were so unique and amazing. And they had, they had like album number one. Like I realized that it wasn't technically their first album. They did an album prior to this under, uh, what was the band name that they used? A uh, uh, sneak preview, like the worst band name ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> sneak preview, um, and it sounds very different from this. But they had already like cut their teeth. Like they were one of those. That's a thing that doesn't. I don't think is ever going to happen again. When you see those stories of bands like this, and let's say like Twisted Sister, like bands that yeah. that 
that had to fucking pound it out in clubs, even if they were successful, not getting, you know, any, you know, mainstream recognition for a long, for 10 years or whatever, you know, um, before they finally broke. And like King's X was like that. I think they, they, the, the actual version of King's X was formed in the early eighties and their first album came out in 88. Whereas now I feel like if a band doesn't break in three to four years, they just break up. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like, there's no nobody wants to stick around anymore. Um, but this is just such a great first album from a band that it's really hard to describe them. They're like the metal Beatles. It's yeah. it's <laughs> there's so many the harmonies are amazing, the songs are beautiful. Um and also like early on in their stuff, there's a there's kind of like a it, it it's not always in the vocals, but there's or lyrics anyway. But there's a feeling, there's a spiritual feeling in their stuff because they were like Christian. They weren't a Christian band, but they occasionally sang about Christian themes or things having to deal with faith and things like that. Um, eventually, they kind of moved a little bit away from that. Um, yeah. Because Doug Pinnock became a guy that like started questioning his faith and ended up you know, w- you know, dealing with his own sexuality, coming out as homosexual and stuff like that. Um, I think that that changed him as a person. Um, that's another thing because I've only I'm only a few chapters into reading this book, and I really like am ready to get into the meat of like their steps forward as a band because they're just so fucking fascinating to me. And they're recording yeah. a new album; they're mixing it right now, so cool. I'm very excited about that. But but yeah, this is way back in the beginning of of King's X, and I I, I highly recommend this to anybody if you just like great melody. And also some cool fucking riffs, riffs that are very different from what a lot of people were doing. If you listen to Ty play guitar, he, I don't know where he gets his shit from, but he'll throw things into a riff that normally you wouldn't put there because it's just unnecessary. In the scheme of the song, if you do this one riff, you're like, this riff is fine. But he'll throw in things where he switches to a minor key note real quick for a part of it. And you're just like, what, what was, why did he do that? Um, but the song, the song takes on like a different life because of these little tiny, uh, uh, I guess, divert, div, div, whatever inflections inflections is a good one. I told you I'm bad with words. Um, but that's the, that's one of the great things about them is that they, they'll take things and maybe at first listen to you, it seems kind of simple, but you really kind of break it down. You're like, oh, there's all these little things that make them a King's X song. And I've talked yeah. about this album enough, um, but I love it. My number five, is that my number five? My number five is uh, is Out of the Silent Planet. Cool. So my number four uh-huh. is one we've, one we've talked about quite recently. It's uh, the seventh one by Toto. Okay. Yeah, that was, pre- that was pretty recent. Yeah, this is one of my favorite Toto records. I love sappy 80s feel-good rock and this delivers on that vibe really was this well. your num- was this your number one toto album Nah, i think this was number three i think it okay was. okay yeah um lots of different types of songs but with a cohesive 80s pop sheen to it yeah uh this uh i think we had quite differing uh thoughts on this record but uh vocally love- speaking yeah yeah <laughs> if <laughs> Yeah, if, if you love 80s pop rock, then this is a hidden gem, especially if you like someone 
who is pretty much a, a baseline 80s pop singer <laughs> vo- on on vocals. But yeah. I mean, I couldn't um, do it. I can't really talk that much shit about him. I could not sing <laughs> those things. I mean, I, I love this record. And uh, I think I have a vinyl of it right up there, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is fun. And we have a yeah. two two part episode of our Toto ranking that you can go listen to if that's something you're you're interested in. Hell yeah, check check that out if you're if you're a Toto fan. Hell yeah, hell I'd, yeah. I'd like I'd, we we'd very much like for you to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I, I guess we it, we did talk about that one recently. There's not much that you can. Yeah, I, I mean. Like I say, it's just a really, it's a really good feel good eighties pop rock album. Yeah, that's, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, so, all right, now we're getting. This is going to be probably the most, the 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 most quote unquote unknown or the least known album in my top ten, and that's a fucking crime, and. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Every time I say that, it reminds me of that vine where the kid is all like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow or whatever yeah. he says. <laughs> <laughs> that kid rules. Anyway, yeah. um, my uh, my <laughs> shit. My number four is the album Mind Wars from the band Holy Terror. And if you know this album... You're listening to this right now and you go, a fucking course it's in this list because it is <laughs> ridiculously good. Like one of my favorite thrash metal albums ever. It is, it's very similar to the Forbidden album where if you thought that you get a little bit exhausted listening to the Forbidden album, this one is even worse. It is such badass shit from beginning to end. And, um, I did, I did a bands you should know on Holy terror a fuck a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I talked all about their shit, but this is the album that God, this album is so fucking cool. And honestly, like as great as the guitar work is, cause it's amazing guitar. All the musicians that play on this album are amazing, but Keith Dean, the vocalist he is one of my favorites because he's he's he can clearly sing. He's very aggressive, but he does things in his vocals where you just go, that was weird. And then the <laughs> more that you listen to it, those weird things become badass things. That yeah. he he's just so fucking great. Like like if, if so if you don't know this album, all I'm going to say just go uh put on the song Do Unto Others. And hold on to your fucking seat. That's all I'm gonna say because it is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but, I've got it lined up to check out right after this. Oh, have you not heard <laughs> this album before? No. Oh no. God, you're you're welcome, sir. It is <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is it's but it but you you'll hear it and you'll think to yourself, why is this not a band that's in every conversation about thrash metal? It should be in every conversation (laughs) like this to me. I know that this is probably an unpopular opinion. These guys should get talked about more than violence. Violence are a a great band. They also have a kind of unique vocalist, but this is a way above what violence did in my opinion, Um, which says a lot because violence were a great band. I guess they are a great band. We'll find out. 
because I don't really know how this new material is going to go, but we'll, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hold on to my judgment. But um, yeah, Mind Wars by Holy Terror is, is ridiculous. Their first album is also really good. This is their second one and final album. There's no other um, um, albums because eventually, well, they, they, they broke up because they had really bad label support, but then eventually Keith Dean died. And so you can't have Holy Terror mm. without fucking Keith Dean. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so my number four is Holy Terror, Mind Wars, a motherfucker of an album. Now we're on to, fuck, we're on the top three? Hell damn, yeah. Damn, man, damn. This is, this is going to get good. It's already gotten good, but you know what I'm saying. I think you and I could match up on the top two. But my... It could, we top, could. My, my number three is... Bullet Boys. Oh shit! Yep. Smooth opinion. I fucking love that song. You, it's the, so good. Drum sound alone. Uh, you love this album, ah. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Hell yeah! Pure eighties hard rock done incredibly well. Yeah. It's like an even beefier Van Halen. Um, they do have some my... Van Halen qualities on this album. Yeah, like this is one of my top hair metal albums ever. This album has that 80s party vibe running throughout and it doesn't let up once. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no ballads here. It's all just, you know, it's 40 minutes of hell yeah. That's true. There Joe, is no Joe, there is ooh, no ballad. Ooh. In in yeah. in the middle of when it got really popular to put ballads on stuff, they did not have one. Yeah, but that that said, you know that they kind of sway on the on the dirty hair metal end of the spectrum because yeah. like you can kind of measure glam bands for, of the era on a scale of uh, I remember I don't know if I've said this before it's kind of the sugar to dirt ratio and <laughs> you've yeah. you've you've essentially got poison on the sugar end and wasp on the um, dirt end and you can kind of fit in between either of those two, depending on which way you sway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me, these guys could have been huge had they come along three or four years earlier. And as much as I love grunge, the casualties, the nineties racked up in eighties, hard rock bands is nonetheless a sad sight for me, especially when, especially promising acts like bullet boys came along. But at least we got anthems such as Hard as a Rock, Smooth Up In You, Shoot the Preacher Down. Yeah, and the rest of this absolute rager of an album is just oh as far as this type of music goes, this is one of the meaner sounding albums. It's just bad ass from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. It's um, fucking great. Also, um <clears throat> interesting side note. So so Mark Torian, the the singer, he yep eventually got bullet boys back together and had like a totally different version of the band. But if I remember right, prior to the pandemic kicking in, they announced that the entire lineup from this album is now in the band again. So Mm. you've got the entire first album lineup coming back. I don't know what they're going to be doing or if the pandemic just fucked up all those plans altogether, but that's pretty exciting. Cause I saw bullet boys when they were like a different version with Mark Torian and Mark Torian as a, 50 year old man or whatever that dude can still fucking belt it out like great yeah. singer hell yeah like it they got they have a real swagger and charisma to him too 
Like, it's, especially on this record, there's a real bombast to it. Yeah. And again, like like I say, I think the best way to put it is it's a it's a beefier Van Halen. Yeah. I think it's yeah. actually recorded by the guy who recorded all the early Van Halen. I think isn't it Ted Templeman or whatever? Or is that his I mean, name? It it makes sense cuz they definitely captured a good good vibe. And it's not that they sound like a knockoff of Van Halen in any no. way. They just have they they just have that real party rocking vibe. Well, it's like it's like it's that combination of the party vibe and the the badass instruments. Yeah, words I'm looking to come out of my mouth. This is a bad episode for talkies because (laughs) I I'm not. It's hard to say. They're all very good at playing their instruments, is what I mean. And there's a party vibe. Um, That's the one. So that's that's what I meant. But it's a great album. Another one that is not on my list, and I'm glad we're talking about it. So cool. on, to, on to my number three. So I think that my my top three is not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Okay. Um, maybe. I don't know. Um, but could, because my number three is is one of my favorite albums of all time, and it's an album that if, like, my house was burning down, I would grab it and, you know, put it under my jacket or whatever just so, like, yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't get harmed. Um, my number three is State of Euphoria, by Anthrax. Ah, I knew this was coming. I knew yeah, yeah. this album was coming. I love this album. This was my introduction to thrash metal. It was my introduction to Anthrax. It was it, it was and is a really important album to me, and it's one that never gets old, and it's another one of those albums like we talked about earlier where people that feel like they have to have some kind of differing opinion just chime in and go, that album was rushed. And I'm just like, yeah, we we know. And the band isn't totally happy with it. But I've I've never understood like the the bandwagon opinion thing. Yeah, it's all it's 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 either it's formed by something, and it, it bothers me because it's like I can understand if you don't think this album is one of the best Anthrax albums. But there's nothing about it that screams this was rushed. The only reason why anybody says that is because the members of Anthrax said that it was rushed. If they had never said that, nobody would ever fucking talk about that. So it's like one of those (laughs) things where the things that they said informed other people's opinions. And so if you don't like this album, great. But... I love it. I love every song on it. And it has some of my favorite Anthrax songs. And also, like, I love this vibe of Anthrax. Like, I know that's another thing they say is, like, we were, everything was bright and we were all in shorts and colorful shirts. And I'm like, well, that was what set you apart from other fucking people. Um, And then when Persistence of Time came out, as a badass of an album that is, you just looked like a bunch of other metal bands. So it's like, I know that the look isn't supposed to matter, but when when State of Euphoria was out, I didn't feel like they were putting on a costume. I feel like they were dudes that dressed this way, and that's what they wore on stage. So in a yeah. way, they put on costumes for the next album. So anyway, um, I love this album. I, I I think we've 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 talked about th- this band. We have not done a an Anthrax album ranking, and that one will be coming. Probably not soon because so far we've already knocked out three of the big four and I feel mm. like I don't, I don't want to, I feel like I want to like let this one, you know, give it a little bit of room before we let it marinate a little. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, 
once we've done that, then we're just done. Then we're, we're not done, but you know what I mean? We're done with the big four. And that's just, I seem like yeah. those are, those are really big, interesting, um, discographies. I don't know what happened there in my head. Anyway, we, we could, pe- we could petition, we could make it a big eight and yeah. then a big 16 and then just exponentially just start adding. <laughs> 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 Do you guys remember back in the day when the big 800 was just the big four? <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, this has got a lot of great songs. Obviously, it's got Antisocial on it, which is a very well-known song. Um, just to go back to me nitpicking about bands that I love, because I nitpicked a little bit on Iron Maiden, I don't really need Anthrax to play Antisocial live anymore. Um, no? No, because um, I feel like it, even though it's a big song for them, like they play, like every time I, I, I see live footage of them, and I've only seen them live one time, but... It was exciting to see them, but I'm all like, they have all these other songs that they have to leave out because they feel like they have to play Antisocial and Got the Time. And I'm just like, well, mm. those are great and all, but like, let's switch things out and do a do a tour where you play deep cuts because the, the, the thing that is great about Anthrax is that their deep cuts, for the most part, are just as good as the songs that everybody fucking knows. Yeah. So, um, so I would rather hear them play "Make Me Laugh." I would when, when you know they throw that song in there. Throw in now. It, I think they've played "Now It's Dark" at some point. Um, but yeah. anyway, amazing album from an amazing band. One of my favorite bands. One of my favorite albums. It's amazing. It's at number three, which tells you a lot about the quality of the next two albums that I'm going to be talking about. Because if it puts <laughs> this album at number three, then it's got to be badass. And so I'm gonna throw it over to you for your number two. Okay, so my number two. Now, I'm hazarding a guess here. Is it the same as yours? Here it is. Vivid. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> just, just talk about Vivid. Okay, so... By, by Living Color, by the way. One of the most inventive albums ever. Yep. I mentioned in my Behind the Album episode that this is an excellent everything album yeah because this delivers so many flavors at once and it is incredible from start to finish Mm -hmm. rock metal funk hip-hop punk blues it's all in there um to be perfectly honest all i would have to say for this record to qualify at its spot is to say it has cult of personality on it and then do a mic drop (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much an iconic um, song across the board yeah, and like this album is remarkably consistent and delivers everything flawlessly every time. Yep. And this would be in the top spot were it not for a certain band I love dearly. Finally, though, <laughs> <laughs> open letter to a landlord, or sorry, yeah. open letter to a landlord, yeah. should be recognized, should be as recognized as Court of Personality because yeah. it's a fucking amazing it's a, it's song a, yeah great song <laughs> thinking thinking back here a minute you know when you did that uh the vhs uh living color thing yeah where you, you where like there was the whole build-up of <laughs> and then and you can yeah. tell me yeah that cracked me up because i did the exact same thing <laughs> while watching it <laughs> you can't you can't not sing it when that when that yeah. part comes so that was like that was a series of videos i do called vhs rewind and I did, and I talked about the Living Color VHS, which is called Primer. 
And when yeah. when there was the build up to that song, I sing the <laughs> first line because it's just it it's infectious. Like it's just yeah. it's yeah, it's it's great. Hell yeah. It's it's an amazing album. Um if you haven't heard it, you're a dingus. Go out and listen to it. <laughs> well, no, if they haven't uh, heard it, that's fine. It's if it, go listen to it. It's 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 an amazing album. I but to be fair, like I could see some people not being into this. Like it's if we're talking to like metal crowds. <laughs> yeah, if you're a dingus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's true. If you're a dingus, you're not going to like it. That's that's what it is. <laughs> anyway, um, are you done here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> I know it's gonna it's gonna surprise everybody out there. <laughs> but my number two, my number two is "Injustice for All" by Metallica. Ah, <laughs> it's, I uh, th- uh, this this was oh, the, it was weird putting this at number two, but I I I feel good about it. I feel good about my placement here. Fair um, enough. Why well, do do we even need to talk about injustice for all? I mean, we did. I mean, we did a living color ranking, but we also did a Metallica ranking, um, where we talked about this album a lot, and it is, it is amazing. It's an amazing album, yeah. And it, it's just one. It's a very important album. It's a. It's honestly the. I would say it's probably the thing that has a direct link to me getting into like really heavy stuff because this, yeah. I think when I heard injustice for all, it was the most aggressive thing I had ever heard, you yeah. know, and then flash forward a few years and I'm into like death metal and shit. But I think at the time, just the overall feeling of this album, like it's pummeling. It's, it's, it's very, it's very serious. There's, you know, you, yeah. you put this up next to State of Euphoria, like everything about it. <laughs> it's like light and dark. And yeah. um, we are, we talked <laughs> about it a lot on the, on the Metallica ranking episodes, but um, I love the way this album sounds. I don't care about the bass. That's the same. It's the same exact thing with the Anthrax album. The only reason that anybody harps on and on about the bass is because people talked about it. Like yeah. when this album came out, I didn't care. Like I, I, w- I will admit that I was like, it's really weird. How you can't really hear the bass. And then that's the last thing I thought about it because I'm yeah. just like, this album is so fucking cool. I don't, I don't care at all about that. Now, would once, it be- you, once you, Go ahead. once you play it louder than a certain level, that stops being a problem anyway, because, because the guitars are so scooped, they've got the bass frequencies in there anyway. So, yeah. And I think that's what they talked about too, is that the bass, the frequencies of the guitar and the bass and what Jason is playing on the bass, they're so locked in with each other that that's, it's just, it's buried in there. Now I'll admit it's low, but I don't care. I I want this album, how it sounds. I've got, I'm almost gotten to the point now where that's like a that's literally like a line drawn in the sand when it comes to people that I don't want to know and I think are trash people are the people that when somebody posts something from this album they always go listen to injustice for Jason and I'm like get the fuck out just you literally have no reason to be here you're cuz all it is is some other dude played bass on the album yeah, because they because they didn't have the master tapes. They didn't turn the bass guitar up. Somebody else played the bass over it, and yeah. I'm just I don't care. I don't I don't want to hear it that way. And I love that when they put out 
the remastered version, they didn't bother turning up the bass because the album is a classic the way it is. End of story. So I don't care. Yep. That's the thing. And it, it's my number one. So we'll just keep talking about it. Yeah, let's move on over to number one. Yeah. So And Justice for All is my number one. I can't lie. I knew this would be here. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of my favorite albums by one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. This album, like, like we say, admittedly has its faults, but it was never a problem for me because the songs are so next level, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was the logical conclusion to their 80s era, topping out with the most technical that they would ever get. Right out of the gate, it has the best opener of any Metallica album and stays killer right till the end. Also has my favorite Kirk Hammett solo in it. Yep, and Lars Ulrich's best drum fill. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. In uh, in, In, um, uh, Freight Ends? Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Have you mastered that on your drum kit yet? Uh... Let's let's see. It's the chokes, the cymbal chokes at the end. That's the tricky part. It's switching over from the. I think you should make a video for your channel of you attempting to learn that part of the song. I think that would be yeah. fascinating, especially because you love it so much. If you like, imagine the video where you're struggling with it and you finally master it. The that moment, yeah. And then behind you, you can play like you're the best. All right. You know? <laughs> oh, did we do a fucking harmony there? That's cool. <laughs> we, we might we might have. Oh, I can't wait to hear this one. This is gonna be awesome. I'll make sure and edit it right <laughs> together and see if we actually harmonized. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, this is where it comes out and it's like horrendously dissonant, but we tried. <laughs> That's all right. I'll throw some auto-tune on there. <laughs> you're the best. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah awesome album yep yep <laughs> so <what's> your, <laughs> awesome album uh, yep this is this is when we really get into the meaty stuff here on cranked and ranked <laughs> are you are you awesome. done are you done talking about it I, i'm i'm wrapped up on injustice for all cool we did yep. a we did a crisscross my number one is vivid by living color and yes. um so initially, Justice was my number one and Vivid was my number two. And like for some reason, I kept looking at it. I mean, like, and, I, and like, you know, like I said, you see certain albums and you go, it hurts putting it at this number. And then having Vivid at number two, I just went, this is wrong. This feels yeah. <laughs> wrong. And so I swapped them in my list and I looked at it and I felt like a calm come over me. I went like, this is this is what it's meant to be. The planets um, have aligned. The planets yeah. have aligned. <laughs> Living Color is one of my favorite bands of all time. Vivid is my favorite Living Color album. It's, it's say the same way that I feel about like King's X. I don't think anybody, nobody sounds like Living Color. People do different versions of what they have done, but none this fucking well. And the songwriting quality on this album all the way through is ridiculous. And yeah. And it's it, it's one that has grown with me over the years because it 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 has that quality where, of course, you love Cult of Personality the first time you hear it, but mm. years down the line you hear Desperate People and you go, 
fucking A, man. Like, I knew yeah. this was good, but now that I'm focusing on this particular song, it is insane how good it is. And there's all yeah. sorts of that on this album, and it's got a cool variety of songs, and the performances are amazing. Everyone in that band, everyone that's ever been in that band is amazing, but on this particular album, just the introduction of, of Corey Glover on vocals, the dude fucking rules. Um, another one of my favorite vocalists of all time. I just... We talked about this. We also did a Living Color ranking, so we've talked about this album enough, but it, it just feels so right having it at my number one, which makes sense because Injustice for All is not my favorite Metallica album. So, you know, if you're talking about like a mathematical equation of putting lists together, Vivid should be number one because it's fucking amazing as fuck, and that's all I have to say about yeah. it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Living Color is my number one. So I, that we, we did a nice little crisscross, but... Now that we've now that we've talked about our top ten, which that's all done, um, now we have yep. honorable mentions. Where I I exhausted myself trying to just make it five honorable mentions. Eddie did not do that. He doesn't care about your time, <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a few more. Um, but I'm going to let you go first with your with your honorable mentions, though. Okay, so my honorable mentions. Forbidden Evil, uh-huh. which which you've covered. Uh, he's the DJ. I'm the rapper. I'm I'm clapping for you there. That's yep. I see. Have you noticed that now? Me, the hip hop fan, have brought up no hip hop albums. You've brought up two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. That, that's uh, he's the DJ. I'm the rapper by. Uh, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy We also Jeff. did a rank. We did a ranking of, of Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which was which was the first sort of left field kind of thing that we did, and it was fun as fuck. Great album. Hell yeah. I love that this um, show is turning me on to stuff that, you know, I wouldn't have previously even thought to seek out, but, you know, I was, I was a huge fan of Fresh Prince, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, so I was like, oh, hell yeah, let's, let's just fucking go for it. And uh, now I've got a bunch of albums saved and I will eventually get physical copies of. Um, How Will I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't Even Smile Today Mm -hmm. is uh, another one that I wish could have made the top 10, but was just eked out just a little bit. It was briefly in there, but, you know, it got pushed out. Nothing Shocking by Jane's Addiction. Ah, good one. That's a good album. Um... Open up and say ah, by Poison. You know yep. that that one feels like a greatest hit. I, I We've thought done that a- might be in your top ten. I was thinking it too, but I just I looked at it and I thought that the rest of the albums I put in there had a little bit more substance. Whereas, which, which is ironic because Poison probably had a lot of substances with them. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Operation Mindcrime is in here. Yeah. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son yeah. is in here. That one hurt to not put on that. <laughs> this, this one, of all the ones that hurt me the most, it fucking killed me to, to not put So Far So Good So What in the mm-hmm. top 10. Uh, and finally, State of Euphoria, which um, I've, I'm really getting into Anthrax recently. Hell I've been yeah. watching live footage of them, and they... Honestly, I would say probably next to Metallica, probably have the best live energy. Hell yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
Cool. Awesome. That's 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 your honorable mentions. So so the interesting thing about mine is that I in order to pare it down to five, I left out like albums that you've mentioned that like of course you talk about those in nineteen eighty eight. I'm like, no, I I I had to because of these. <laughs> I had to leave so many great albums out. So here are my uh, five honorable mentions. First off, No Place for Disgrace by Flotsam and Jetsam. Nice. So good. Um, and it's, it's the second Flotsam and Jetsam album, but it's the, it's the, it's, it's, I think, God, it's just a, to me, like the first one's good, but this is like fucking great. And Flotsam and Jetsam is one, another one of those bands that's still making great shit. Um, also, uh, the debut album from LA Guns had to be mentioned on here because it is so good. And I love, I love the fact that that album, it's almost like they're, they're, you know, cause they're, they're related band wise to guns and roses, you know, for, for, Mm. for their, their history. But I love how the LA guns album almost sounds like the punk rock version of guns and roses. Like it's, it's more stripped down. It feels more dirty which is weird to say because I, th- I think at the time you listen to Guns N' Roses, you're like, these dudes seem like they're just – they have a bottle of Jack Daniels in their hand and they haven't bathed in three days. But for some reason, yeah. the L.A. Guns album f- sounds even more grimier than that. Yeah. Um, and it's got so many great songs in it. And and we get to – just just like you and I are, are trading between two countries, L.A. Guns, because you got Phil Lewis who's from the U.K., who was literally in a band? He was in that band Girl with uh, the Def Leppard guitar player, Phil Collin. Yeah, and so you know that's that's I always thought that was interesting that that this guy, uh, a UK singer, comes over here yeah. and joins LA Guns, and um, and I, and I love him as a vocalist too. Um, my next one, the, the only one that we're crossing over on, open up and say ah, I had to put that on here because it's a fucking blast. It and is. you can't talk about 1988 without talking about that album. So I, I left my two hip hop albums for the last two because it was really hard leaving these out of the top 10 because I love both of these albums so much, but they had to be left out. And not only that, both of the albums you mentioned are not anywhere mentioned. So the fact that I'm not mentioning wow. straight out of Compton or he's the DJ like that hurts a lot. But I had yeah. to bring up number one, the album Strictly Business by EPMD, which is EPMD is one of my favorite hip hop groups and or they're they're a duo, really. But um Strictly Business is so fucking good. And it's like to me, it's the beginning of when hip hop artists started incorporating like funk heavily, heavy funk samples into their music. Yeah. I feel like there are so many samples on the first EPMD album that you will, you'll hear it and you'll go, oh, this was used in that really popular song that came out in the 90s. It's like <laughs> they, they did it here first. Um, and then, of course, I don't know. You can't talk about 1988 without talking about the album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public Ooh. enemy, um, which, ah, fuck, it's a fucking classic album and it's, this should this the it takes it takes a nation of millions was almost in my top ten, but it got kind of booted out at the last minute, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna make my top ten a little bit more cohesive as just a rock and metal top ten, and I'll mention these classic hip hop ones at the end. But that's just really when Public Enemy to me became amazing because their first album is great, 
this one's amazing. And it's connecting it to metal. It's the one that has bring the noise on it, which they mention anthrax. And it has a Slayer sample in the song She Watched Channel Zero. So it's like, you know, it's connected to the to the metal yeah. world there. But um so and I know I I hate it because because you didn't mention this album, and I know that you did extra. I'm gonna, I'm adding in an extra honorable mention because I thought you <laughs> might mention it and you didn't. Long Cold Winter by Cinderella, oh, is man. really good, and yeah, th- that one that one was the one that I think got booted last. So I'm just gonna throw that in there. Long Cold Winter, the second Cinderella album, way more bluesy than Night Songs. Mm but tons of fucking great songs on it. So I'll stop there. But it's but if you, <laughs> if you, if you listen to my top 15, I didn't mention Slayer or Megadeth. Uh, it's like, wow, it's yeah. just the fact that like, and those are great albums. So that, you, so that gives you an idea of why I had to say to you, dude, this has to be a top 10 because if we didn't make it a top 10, I would be leaving out <laughs> so yeah. much cool shit. <laughs> so 88 was a great year. And um, I'm glad that we got four different hip hop albums into this into this episode because that makes me happy. But um, hell yeah, man, that was man, that was that was rough. But we did it. We did. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. it. <laughs> Every episode that I don't do that now, I'm all like, oh, I fucked up. I got to go back. Do you know what we need to do? We need to, I tell you what I'll do. I'll, if you send me a few, like, audio clips of you going, yeah, we did it. I'll, like, mouth the guitar parts and the drums and stuff, and I'll make a little jingle for us that oh. we can sing along to at the end. Okay. How about that? Okay. Yeah. That You, you got it, buddy. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I, I honestly, like, I, like, that's one of those things that, um, I don't know how to make gifts, but I want to make one that just has Jaw Rule's face and it just says, yeah, we did it. So like whenever <laughs> you can send it out to people, like whenever, because I like sending gifts. I don't know why. It's probably because I don't like oh, talking. Yeah. I don't like talking to people. So I just like <laughs> getting my point across with a funny um, gif of some kind or a gif, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But G- gif to me is fucking peanut butter. Um, yeah. Gif is what those moving moving pictures are i'm an old man speaking of peanut butter peanut butter platypus, peanut butter platypus. hey that was a that Hell was yeah. great that was an yeah. amazing segue thank you to all the peanut butter nope the peanut butter <laughs> platypuses it's really hard to say sometimes peanut butter platypuses did you um, know the guy that made the segue died testing a segue demonstrating how it could stop on a dime and he just rolled straight off a cliff. Is that true? Uh, from what I've heard. <laughs> That's not an urban legend? I, I let, Let's find out. Uh, segway. Added bonus content, everyone. We Google what happened to the guy that invented the Segway. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, when you thought it was over. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Jimmy Hesselden, OBE, uh, died 26th of September, 2010, age 62. Uh, cause of death, accidental fall off cliff while riding a Segway. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it, 
Segway boss died in quote unquote act of courtesy. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck. What happened to this, this? I don't see segways anymore. Is that a thing that even is out there now? I, I mean this. This is probably a PR nightmare for the company, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> its own creator died <laughs> riding his own invention off a cliff. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the equivalent. I was going to say that's the equivalent of, 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 of Elon Musk like trying to show off the self-driving car and then it drives itself off a cliff. <laughs> to be like, <laughs> or, or just runs him to over. To be fair, it did drive itself off the cliff. <laughs> oh, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, thank you all for listening. This, this has been fun. And um, we're going to get back onto a band discography next time, but we're going to actually take a little break. The next week we won't have an episode because I, I have to I have to take a break to go visit family. And, you know, that happens. But considering, like, what the number of breaks we've taken in a year of doing episodes, I think it's maybe, like, four times, I think, that we've taken we've yeah. taken weeks off or something. So yeah, it's you, not many. You guys have been spoiled with all of the content we've been bringing you. You um, guys will be all right for a week. You, you just, <laughs> just hang in there. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you weren't able to catch it when it was live, we did a live Q&A over on the Old Head YouTube channel. And uh, it was pretty fun, and but you can still go over there and watch it if you go to Old Head on uh, on YouTube. Um, you can see the, our answers to many questions, um, and it went really well. So we're toying with the idea of doing other live stream kind of things. Yeah, um, I don't. Um, th- that's a whole new world to me. And I know a lot of people out there are all like, you know, you you, you can use Twitch, and I was like, I don't know anything about Twitch, and. And also there's a, their, their marketing or their, their layout, it, it, it gatekeeps me from getting in there because I go, oh, Twitch. And it goes, this is for gamers. And I go, oh, well, this is not for me then because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a gamer and I'm not interesting in, in, interested in broadcasting myself playing a video game. So I'm just like, all right, well, never mind. This ain't for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until you go to Twitch and it says, this is for everyone. And then I'll be like, all right, cool. I'm coming in. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, have you seen that like big controversy re- recently? I I know I keep bringing stuff up, but there was a there was a big thing. The Twitch, the Twitch about- developer died on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was there was a big thing recently where they had to like review some of their content policies regarding like nudity on the platform because there were hot tub streamers who like basically set does what it says who are very scantily clad very conventionally attractive women <laughs> um ap- apparently uh, apparently something they had to like renew the thing they had to give them their own category or something because they kept invading other people's thing and stealing people's subscribers apparently i don't know it's a fucking what? mess but yeah i don't know that whole thing makes me I nervous don't- i don't i don't know I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we ever if we do Twitch, I'm gonna let you hold my hand into it because I don't I don't understand it. But oh, um, I'm I'm only just getting good at making YouTube content. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 that being said, if you're not if you're not subscribed to Eddie Sparks on uh, YouTube, go do that as well. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap Thank this you. up before we before we move into another weird 
conversation that has nothing to do with the year 1988. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you know, put your favorite 1988 albums in the comments. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, uh, no, we won't be back next week. We'll be, we'll be, we're taking a week off and then we're getting back to a new band discography and it'll, it'll be pretty fun. So, uh, we'll see you then. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Edward Sparks to take us out later, dude.